series called What's Next? What's Next? And the idea of this series is that what do we live our life like as a Christian? Uh, some of you maybe wrestle with that idea. Like, okay, I, I believe, you know, the, the scripture and I believe what we uh, celebrate at Easter, but in my day-to-day life, how does that live itself out? And so that's what we've been trying to do in this series. John is one of Jesus's disciples. He's very, very, very old, and he writes this letter to this church that he's been pastoring, and he's helping them to understand that very question, what, what is next? If you want to follow along today on your phone, we don't have bulletins, but if you want to follow along on your phone, you can just go to todayssermon.com, and it will give you the scriptures that we're going to use. It'll give you some of the main points, and then you can save that back later if you want to. But what we're going to be in today is John, first John, rather, chapter 3. We're going to read verses 4 through 9, and John is going to give us a really, really helpful practical set of instructions today. How do we resist temptation? Here's what's true for you and for me as well, is that you're going to be tempted. You're going to be invited to get pulled off of the course that God has asked you to walk. And so how do I live that knowing that's coming? How how do I resist that? If I know that I'm going to face some temptations, if I know that there's going to be these little carrots that get dangled in front of me that in the moment feel so right and feel so good, how do I resist that? Are there some things that we can do? And to kind of get us there, I want to try to give you this little illustration. I'm going to go to the piano here just real fast. Some of you are musical, some of you are not, but I want you to imagine your life before following Jesus. For those of you that are behind the TV, it's still nice to see you. I'm still here. But in music, there is, there's different keys. So this is, this is D, and D goes beautifully with A, goes beautifully with B minor, goes beautifully with G. Those are nice. That sounds nice. So your life before you follow Jesus, there, there was a certain set of notes that you played. But then you began to follow Jesus and you stepped into the love and stepped into the light of Jesus. And what Jesus invites you to do is he wants you not to just believe some things, but actually walk that out. And he wants you to kind of almost change the key of the song that you've been playing. And so instead of playing in, in D, he maybe, maybe he changes you to my favorite key, which is the key of E. It's different. But what can happen in some of our lives, every now and again, we're going to hit a wrong note. We're going to go back to that habit that we had or that frustration, and I can be playing the, the, the key that Jesus wants me to be playing. I can be doing the right thing. And then all of a sudden, you know, that, that person I don't like comes along, and I hit that wrong note. It doesn't sound, doesn't sound very nice. It's just, ugh, ugh. I don't like it. You heard me do that just a little bit ago in, in worship. I played one of those there, and it, was just, it wasn't quite right. But the good news is, is that Jesus in his mercy and his grace, he invites us, hey, just, just get back into the right key. The challenge for some of the Christians is that we believe what the cross is. We believe that Jesus came, but we kind of also, we, we want that new key. We, we want heaven and we want all the good things that Jesus gives us, but we also kind of want to live that old part of our life. And so we want to play in in two different keys at the same time. And that does not sound good. You you can't live your life with two keys. It's just, 
It just sounds awful. And that's the kind of the tension that we live in. Yeah, I'm gonna hit a wrong note every now and again, but if my life sounds like this, boy, something's, something's not quite right. And so John is going to help us to understand, man, yeah, you're gonna mess it up every now and again. You're gonna hit a wrong note every, every now and again. But if you find yourself continually playing in that old key and your life just has that dissonance and your life just has a lead that doesn't quite sound right, there's an opportunity for us to grow and to change. And you're going to see here in just a second, actually, uh, Keith, just hang on for me a second. Let me just read the whole, let me just, before we get there, let me just read the whole verse of scripture. And then you might fall asleep, or if you're watching online, you might get disconnected. Let me give you the whole big points, and then we'll kind of break it down. But this is 1 John chapter 3, verses 4 through 9. Whoever commits sin, he's going to say the word sin 10 times in these four little things. Commits sin is also commits lawlessness, and sin is lawlessness. Now, he's not talking about this one, if I, if I hit the wrong note, sometimes I kind of lose my temper, but then I'm back. He's saying this, this continual pattern of living the wrong way. He's giving you the key of E to live in. I'm, I'm playing and, and should be living this way, but, but when I'm, I'm out in the world and at work and at home and with my friends when nobody's seen, my life is still in that old. He says, listen, if you're in that continual, it's a, it's a heart attitude. It's not an individual thing, but it's this heart direction. He says, man, you're, you're missing the point, and you know that he, Jesus, was manifested, or he came into the world to take away our sins, and in him there is no sin. So it's a big theological idea that, that Jesus lived a sinful life. Whoever abides in him does not sin. Whoever, uh, whoever sins has neither seen him nor known him. Again, not, not the I just mess up every now and again and sin and fall back into the habit. No, if I'm continually playing in that wrong key, if just my whole life is playing in that key that Jesus has invited me, well, John says, well, you don't know him or you've not seen him. Little children, let no one deceive you. He who practices is an ongoing thing. Righteousness is righteous, just as he is righteous. He who sins, that continual thing, not, not an individual, but it's a pattern, it's a habit, it's I'm just gonna play whatever I wanna play. I want heaven, but I don't really wanna change my life here on this earth. He who sins that way is of the devil. Pretty strong language, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was man manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Whoever has been born of God does not sin, for his seed remains in him, and he cannot sin because he has been born of God. Here's what's true about you. Here's what's true about me. I'm going to be tempted to sin. So are you, and that's okay. It's not a sin to be tempted, but Jesus invites us to live this different way. And so in those five little verses, he gives us these three ideas that can help you. It's not steps. It's not I do step one, then I do step two, then I do step three. It's just this pattern of living. Here they are in case you fall asleep and if you lose connection or whatever. Here's the big idea. If I'm going to resist temptation, I'm going to align with God's word, abide in God's presence, and accept God's victory. Those are the three things. If I can make those a part of my life, John says, I'm going to start to have some victory over sin. And so let me just try to break all of those down. We're going to go really fast today because we've got to get to a baptism and it's the best and it's going to be wonderful. And so buckle your seatbelts because I'm going to talk 
really fast. I had the option of cutting my sermon short or talking fast, and I opted for talking fast. Missy, I just couldn't help myself. Okay, here's the first one. Align with God's word. You're going to be tempted tomorrow. I'm going to be tempted later this week. We all are. And so what we have to decide is I am, because of what Easter, what we celebrated Easter, that Jesus came, that he lived, that he died, that he rose again. I've been invited to follow him. Now I've got this new key and I'm going to align myself with God's word. We talked about it a couple weeks ago. At some point, all of us have to decide there is a truth that's bigger than me, and I'm going to shape myself to it instead of shaping the truth to whatever feels good in the moment, that there is a right and there's a wrong. And even if I disagree with that, I'm going to shape myself to that instead of trying to shape truth to whatever I feel in the moment. Here's what John says. Whoever commits sin, whoever lives that life and has that heart kind of attitude of sin, commits, well, it's, it's lawlessness. That there, there is a law that Jesus has invited us to follow. There is a, this is the way to live. And I don't, we've talked about it over and over again in this series. I don't live a certain way because I need God to love me. I am loved by God, and in response to that love, I align myself with what God says, that there is a right, there is a wrong, and I'm going to choose because of the cross, because I've been loved, I'm going to follow God even when it's not what I feel. I don't feel like forgiving them. I'm going to do it anyway because that's what God says to do. I don't feel like getting a, a, a grasp on my tongue. I'm going to do it anyway because that's what God has called me to do. So I've got to align myself with God's word until I see sin as sin. I won't feel the need to resist that temptation because for all of us, and I'm right there with us, that there was, when, when I was living in the key of D, when I was just living however I, I wanted to, I didn't, I didn't feel the need to resist. And if I want to lose my temper, I just lose my temper. If I want to do this, I'll just do that. There's, there's nothing to resist. I just welcome it all. But now that my life has been changed because of Jesus, there are some things that he's invited me to say, hey, why don't you move in a different direction? There were some things that I accepted, but now there's going to be some things that I resist because of what Jesus has done. And so I've got to align myself. This is what God says for me to do. Now, it's easy, right, to start pointing out other people. It's easy to say, well, they should be different, and they should never, and why would they? That's an easy thing to do, but John invites us, man, look on the inside. What, what about for you? And there's some things that are external. They're easy to see. There's attitudes that are internal that are easy to be hidden. Jesus talks about how greed is, man, that's, that's a sinful, that's lawless. I need to recognize, man, if I find myself getting, trying to do more and more and more when there's a conflict between what God wants, even if it's I can hide it from anybody, everybody, if there's a conflict between what God wants and what I want, I'm gonna choose to trust. I bet God knows best. I bet God knows best. I, I don't wanna forgive them but I bet God knows best. I don't want to control my tongue, but I guess I'm going to trust that God knows best. Here's what Psalm says. Show me your ways. Like I, I was going my own way and I was living my own life and whatever felt good and whatever seemed right and whatever my emotions told me, that's just the way. But now because of the cross and because I'm loved, what a wonderful prayer. This is a great prayer for you to start praying. Show me your ways, Lord. How, how do you want me to be at work? 
How do you want me to be as a husband? How do you want me to be as a parent? What about as I, as I am in conflict with these people and we don't see eye to eye? Show me your ways. I want to align myself, not with what I feel, not what just seems popular at the moment. I'm aligning myself with your word. If there is a right and there is a wrong, I'm going to choose what you have called right, even if it makes it more difficult for me. Show me your ways, Lord. Teach me your past. I, I don't always know what the right thing is. And so teach me, guide me in your truth, not my truth, not, not the truth that feels right to me in the moment, but guide me in, in your truth and teach me. I, there's some things that I don't know. There's some things that I, I need to move in your direction for you are God, my savior. And my hope is, well, it's in you all the day long. I can only know that it, I'm on the wrong path if I'm confident there is a right path. And so that's what we say. God, show me your ways. And then make me sensitive to recognize, man, if I've wandered off your path, if I've wandered in a direction that you don't want me to go, show me that and show me the, the right path. I, I, I want to be on your road, but it starts with, I've got to align myself with God's you, You'll never have to resist a temptation that you don't think of as sin. That sometimes we can excuse ourselves, or at least me, I don't know about you, but I can just say, well, I'm just a mistaker. I'm not really a sinner. I'm just a mistaker. Well, this is just the way that I am. This is the way that my dad was, and that's the way that his dad was. This is just kind of in my nature. This is just, I've, I've, I just, this is the way that we've always acted. No, no, no. Man, I'm aligning myself to, to God's truth. I'm resisting the thing by recognizing there is right, there is wrong. Here's, there's a second one, really important. I'm gonna abide in God's presence. I'm gonna, what is right? What are you calling me to? Even when it's difficult, I'm gonna shape myself to that. But then, I, I can't resist all of these things on my own. I can't just, you know, kind of get up the self-control and I'm gonna grit my teeth really hard and do, no. I, I'm gonna abide in your presence. Here's what First John says. And you know that he, Jesus, was manifested or he came into the earth the incarnation put on flesh and blood. So why did he come? To take away our sins. John the Baptist, when he saw Jesus coming and he was getting ready to baptize Jesus, he said, behold the Lamb of God who, what does he do? He takes away the sins of the world. That was the mission of Jesus. That was the reason of Jesus. And John further clarifies, Jesus lived a life that was sinless. Jesus never did the wrong thing. He was tempted, but he always did the right thing. He came to take away our sins and in him, there is no sin and whoever. That's us, abides. This is such a beautiful word. Whoever abides in him, the sinless son of God, does not sin, doesn't continue in that pattern of it. Whoever sins has neither seen him or known him. That, that word abide, it just means a continuous, enduring presence or connection. Now, that's a lot different than coming to church on Sunday morning. Coming to church on Sunday morning is wonderful. I'm so glad that you're here. Thank you for coming. Please come back. But that is not abiding. That can be part of abiding. That, that can be a really vital part of abiding, but that is not in itself abiding. Abiding is, it's continuous. It's enduring. The message this morning, you could be inspired and you could be encouraged, and maybe that'll get you to tomorrow afternoon Maybe it'll get you to, to Tuesday morning, but then the rest of the week, you're just kind of 
on empty if I'm not that continually. I'm getting filled with the presence of God. I can always determine how connected I am to the Father by how easily I give in to temptation. John says that when I abide in him, I'm going to be able to, when that temptation comes, I'm gonna be able to push back against that. I'm gonna be able to go in his direction, not because suddenly I read a better book of self-help, not because suddenly I had a New Year's resolution and this is gonna be the one I'm gonna really try. No, John says it's just that continual enduring. I'm abiding in the Father and my degree of abiding is the degree I'm going to be able to resist temptation. Now, a lot of preachers, and I'm guilty of this, I'll be honest with you, you've maybe heard this, we just kind of get up on the stage and put on a microphone and we just say, stop it, hey, stop, quit it, don't do that anymore. And to which the pushback is, I would if I could, right? Like, like there are some things in me, like I don't want to be losing my temper all the time. I don't want to be caught back in that habit. I don't want to, do, it just, it's just this thing that sucks me in. And so if, if I could just flip a switch and stop, I, I would, but I just can't seem to get there. Here's good news for you. Before you stop something, there might be some things that you need to stop, but before you stop something, you've actually, John says, you, you start something that whoever abides in him, that's the starting place. I'm not going to start from the place of I've got to grit my teeth and really do better and I'm going to really try. Instead, I'm starting from the place of that continual, enduring, I'm just in the presence of God. I'm connected to him. And because I'm connected to him, that fills me up to be able to live and walk in him. Jesus himself said it this way, hey, remain in me. Not, not just come and, and hear about me, not just come and, and, you know, it's good to hear, but remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch, and this is talking about us, we're, we're the branches, you and I are the branches. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must, how, how, do, I, how do I bear fruit? I remain in the vine. Now, it would be so convenient, I would love it if it was just, how, how do I bear fruit? Well, I just come to church that's a great, again, perfect start. It just can't get you all the way there. It's a remaining. It's continual. I am abiding. I can abide, so can you, even if you're not in church on Sunday. You, you can be on vacation and still abide. You can be uh, uh, absent from uh, the, the body of believers and still abide. I just remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in him. Jesus makes it clear, I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you're going to, your life is gonna show it. You're going to bear fruit. But apart from me, no matter how good the Amazon self-help book is, and no matter how hard you grit your teeth and say, this is the time, I'm really, really, really gonna do it. I've, I've just, you know, this is the one. Well, apart from him, you can't do anything. And so it's less, I've got to do better and more, I, I've gotta get connected. It's less, I've just really gotta try this time and it's more, I, I've just gotta get connected to the Father. I'm getting tempted. I'm having, being pulled in all of these directions. I better get connected to the Father. I'm not enough 
in myself. Peter would say that your enemy, the devil, he prowls around like a roaring lion. He's looking for people to devour. He's looking for people to throw off track and for families to wreck. That's what he wants to do. And, you know, just to use a colloquialism, stop taking a knife to a gunfight, right? I mean, if there is a devil, and if he is prowling around like a roaring lion, I mean, don't just take your self-will to that. Don't just take that, I, I came to church on Sunday to that. No, I mean, I mean if there's a gunfight, take a gun. I'm going to, man, I'm going to take the presence of God with me. I'm going to live from that overflow. I'm filled with God. And then as I go into the world that tries to poke holes into me and tries to push my buttons and pull me in this direction, I'm not living from the state of, I've really got it this time. I'm really going to do it. I'm really inspired. I'm not living from that. I'm living from... I've been abiding. I've had this continual enduring. I can't draw from an empty well, and neither can you. This world will throw all sorts of things at you and get you to knock off course. And this afternoon, because you were here this morning, man, you might be able to resist. And tomorrow morning, maybe there's still a little bit of afterglow, and you can resist. But man, when Tuesday, when the kids are acting crazy, come on, somebody, anybody got kids that act crazy? Anthony, I know you do. You got, you got some, some co-workers that want to just push your buttons? Somebody, anybody got co-workers that want to push your buttons? Bill, not anymore. You're retired. Congratulations to you. But the rest of us are up in here like trying to, you know, man, I've got I to abide. I've got to be connected. I can be confident going out into the world and knowing that there is a lion ready to pounce on me and try to tear me apart because I know that I'm filled with something. I've been abiding. So I'm going to align myself with God's word. There is truth. I'm going to shape myself to it. I'm going to abide in the presence, not just sometimes. I'm not just going to get a shot on the weekends and then hope for the best during the week. No, I'm, I'm connected. And then, this is awesome, that I'm going to accept God's victory. Align with God's word, abide in God's presence, and accept God's victory. That there has already been something purchased for me, this is what John says. Little children, that's us. Let no one deceive you. He who practices righteousness is righteous, just as he is righteous. So the righteousness of Christ has been given to us as we come into a relationship with him. We don't always live that out, but he sees us as righteous. Go to that next slide for me. He who sins, not just that one time, it's not talking about I miss the note every now and again, but it's that pattern. I want the heaven part, but I don't really want to do the lifestyle change part. Whoever sins, well, really strong language from John, is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the very beginning. And then here, I love this sentence. This is this, hanging on your bathroom mirror. This could be like a life verse for you for this purpose, because there's that battle and there's that fight and then there's that pull of do this and come this direction, but God is inviting us to move in his direction. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested or came into the earth that he might destroy the works of the devil. Here is great, great news for us. Jesus, when he defeated death on the cross, when he rose from the dead, not only did he defeat death, but he also defeated sin. That's why someday, one day, heaven awaits us. But here's the good news for us here on this earth, that not only did he defeat death, he also defeated the power of sin. And the same power that raised Christ from the dead 
It lives in me. Now think about that just for a second. That is an extraordinary, extraordinary promise. Think about how much power it must have taken to raise somebody from the dead. Quite a bit. And the scripture says that if I am in him, that same power, not a diluted power, not just a fraction of the power, but that same power lives inside of me. And so sin can knock at the door, sin can dangle the carrot, but I don't have to answer. Sin can say, hey, you've done this for 30 years. Why don't you come back? Hey, you've always been somebody that's had a quick temper. Why don't you do that again? Hey, you've always been a person that struggled with your tongue. And you've always been a person that likes to enjoy some gossip. And you've always been a person that's gotten addicted to pornography. And you've always, well, but yeah, but I'm new. Uh, The same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in me. And I've been abiding with him, I'm filled with him, and because of what he has done, man, I've got victory from him. I have victory in Christ, and through him, not me, man, I can overcome every temptation. This is a wonderful truth. In Christ, we're not just forgiven sinners, we are, but we're also transformed conquerors, that, that I have been given this new nature and this life. And, and in church, and again, it's an important theological point, We talk so much, and I talk so much about being forgiven, and you are. Man, And when when you come to the cross, you are forgiven, absolutely. But it's more than that. You're, You're transformed. You are now more than a conqueror. The victory that Jesus took over sin is your victory, and you can live in that. That it's not just this historical event, that Jesus' victory over sin and death is not just something that happened all of those years ago that we celebrated Easter. I can live out that power day in and day out. Accepting that victory, I'm just telling you, it changes everything. This is what Paul said, sin shall no longer be your master. There was a time when it was. When sin just had the steering wheel of your life, you go this way, you do this, you think that way, you talk like this, you react like that. There was a time before we came into a relationship with Jesus that sin was our master, but when I crossed the line of faith, not anymore. And I'm gonna hit the wrong note sometimes, and they're gonna push my button, and I'm going to revert back to that old one that has a bad temper, and I'm gonna revert back to unforgiveness, and I'm gonna revert back. I'm gonna hit that wrong note anyway, but it's not because sin's my master. I have victory in and through Jesus. I'm not under the law, but I'm under grace. Max Lucado, amazing, amazing author. I love this. Grace is the voice that calls us to change and then gives us the power to pull it off. And I just love that idea. So thankful for grace. Grace is the reason that we can come confidently to God. Grace is the reason that we can be confident when this life here on earth is over, my eternity is okay. I'm secure. I don't have to be worried. I don't have to be concerned. I don't have to be nervous. It's because of grace and grace alone. I didn't have to earn it. I didn't have to work for it. I just receive it. And that's beautiful for the future, but man, it also gives me power for today. Grace helps me in eternity, but it also gives me power for Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Monday morning and when the boss says this and when me and the husband or me and the wife aren't getting along. And grace, it gives me power to do what God has called me to do. You're gonna be tempted this week. You're gonna be tempted and and so am I. And your temptations are gonna be different than mine. And some temptations are easier to see 
than others. It's, you know, it's, it's easy to hide greed. Nobody, you know, it's more difficult to, to hide other stuff. But here's what we're invited to do. I'm aligning with God's, that if there is a right and if there is a wrong, I'm choosing to follow what's right. Even, even if, man, it's hard for me and it goes against how my dad was, I'm, 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 this is the path. Show me your ways, Lord. Man, if there's an area of my life that you want to change, show me your ways. Direct me on my path. And then, I'm not going to just have to grit my teeth. I'm, I want to be continual. I want to have that enduring presence. I don't want to just get a shot in the arm on Sunday and then wait until the next time I can be here. No, I'm, it's continual. And then, I'm just going to know that today, as you sit here, if you are a follower of Jesus, the same power that raised Christ Jesus from the dead lives in you. That's not like a Christianity 401 class. That, that, that happened to you. I don't know if you've tapped into it yet or not, but if you are a follower of Jesus, in that same moment that your sins were forgiven, the power of Jesus Christ broke away the power of sin from your life, and you can live in that victory. You can live in the power that Jesus has given you, and it's a wonderful thing. This week, align yourself with God's word abide in his presence, and to accept God's victory. It'll change the way that you live. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, thank you so much. Thank you so much for your grace. Thank you that you were the one that started this. You were the one that kicked this whole thing off. And so, Lord, we're praying that as we're going out into our week, that we would just live out what you have already purchased for us. When we are tempted this afternoon or tomorrow morning or later in the week, as we're tempted to be pulled off track, as the devil seeks to destroy our life and our family, Lord, I'm praying that we would remember today that we would abide with you, that we would have that continual enduring presence of God in our life, and that we would tap into the victory that you have given us, that you have placed into our life. I'm praying this week that we would see victory in areas of our life, that we would see victory in areas of our relationship and our marriage and with our kids and with our emotions and with our mind and with our speech and every part of us, that we would find victory because that was what you have purchased for us. It's in your name that we pray. Amen.